Welcome to 3 and your source for great NBA talk from our spot here in the T-Dot. My name is Dave Levitt. That's the D. This week's three, we'll take a look at the finals and do a little bit of a deep dive as to which team has the advantage going into game three. Then we talk a little bit about the Raptors' draft choices. Not particular names, although we do get into some of those too, but really what's the fit that they need to find at 13? And finally, we make bold predictions for the NBA offseason. Neighbor Brando, Papa Brando is back. Big Papa is back in the chair. So sit back, relax, and let us walk you through three big stories from around the association. Yo, Brandon. What's going on, brother? Hey, he's back on the show. Big Papa himself. Welcome. B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A. No info for the D-E-A. What's going on? What's going on? You know, the the world just keeps on going. And apparently, you know, for those of you who are in southern Ontario, or if you're listening across anywhere across Canada, really, Quebec, Alberta, it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of dark out there, man. It's kind of you know, it's it's, it's biblical. Wild yeah, it's uh, smelly, and it, it's not good to be outside, especially with a little baby. So, and keeping her inside is not good either. But uh, it's a lesser of two evils right now. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. And um, we're recording this Tuesday night, so just a day before the game three of the finals, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, I'm surprised that the TDSB. Uh, my employer has a uh, those track and field finals or semifinals are tomorrow at Birch oh, Stadium. Is that, st- is that still going down or? Well, uh, they haven't made an announcement yet, and it's uh, recording this at about six thirty. And so, you know, for those of you, hopefully they make the right decision. But I'm I'm a little disappointed that uh, we are being a little more proactive about this. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's not too cool. No, well, you know, I've I've, I've said it with my chest a couple of times. Uh, I need I need people to uh, I need leaders to lead. You know. Yep. Speaking of leaders to lead, let's jump right into the finals because both of the leaders of the teams uh, have their have had their moments, but it's been the it's been the other guys. It's been the other guys. Jokic drops forty one, but only has four dimes, and they and they lose. Butler does not have a great game in the last game, and yet the you know the the team picked him up. So, what are your impressions of the finals so far? I'll be honest with you; I've been watching highlights only because, because the way my life is right now, it's uh, it's kind of hard to stay up. You know what I mean? Right, but, but but from your highlights, from your highlights, because let's be honest, I think a lot of people are in that same boat. I I didn't expect uh, Gabe Vincent to turn into prime Steph Curry. <laughs> really, really didn't, really didn't. But good on him, and uh, good on Caleb Martin too for showing up. I heard he's sick though. He's got like a serious, like flu or some shit. Yeah, well, I mean, so did Michael Jordan, right? Maybe he's got the Jordan flu. True, 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 true. Does that mean? Does that mean tomorrow night he's gonna come in and just torch? Yo, you never know. You never know. <laughs> but like, yo, just you know, briefly looking over the stat lines of the first two games, the Nuggets took Game One pretty easily, right? Yep. Uh, Jimmy Butler. Wasn't really a factor, let's be honest, offensive-wise. Nope. Um, you know, imposed, like he hasn't imposed his will yet. Unless, no, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna jump in and just say, like, I don't think Jimmy Butler, and you and I are, are slightly different opinions about Butler. I think Butler is a very, very good player, but if he's your best player, you know, you, I don't think you win. But I've been proven wrong this entire playoff run. Right, like he's been the best player on the heat, on the heat because he yeah. sets the tone. And yeah, like we already know how I feel. Those listeners, yeah. the real, the real listeners of this podcast know Whoa. how much of a fan I am of Jimmy Butler. You know, yes, sir. Yes, sir. He got that dog in him. But he does. look, enough about Jimmy Butler for one second. The first game, Jamal Murray and uh, Jokic, what fucking monster lines? Huge. Jesus Christ. Jokic 27, 14, and 10. Yo, that do they have the best two-man game in the NBA right now? Uh you gotta put them up there. I think. I think you're right. I think I I mean you can't argue with the results. They're they're yeah. they're in the finals, they're three games away from a ring, right? So you can't argue with that. But sorry, consistently best. But but yeah, I would say here's the th- here, so it's interesting. I was listening to 
um, um, I, I, I forget his last name now, Amin from uh, Sirius NBA. And he was, he was on a local station here briefly. And he was talking about, here's the thing about Jokic. Jokic is the best player in the world. And he's not the best player in the world because, you know, he's the most dominant player in the world. Although you could probably argue that he is pretty dominant. It's that Jokic doesn't make mistakes. No. He doesn't make mistakes. And I thought about that. And I was like, he's, he, that guy, that's the perfect way to think about it. Jokic will beat you because he doesn't make mistakes. He won't beat you because he's the most athletic guy. He's not. He won't beat you because he's the most, you know, flashy player. Although he can, he has his moments. That pass, he he did a one-handed pass the other day in transition that uh, was a no-look to, to Jeff Green for a layup. And I was like, holy, yeah, holy yeah. crap. Is, is he the ultimate team player? I think he is. And that's the thing about it is if you've got a seven-foot, 288-pound dude who can do the things that he does – and who is not, you know, turnover prone, because his 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 turnover numbers are are low every single time. He doesn't turn the ball over. And so, yeah. ultimately, here's where I think Denver actually still has to lead. And I, <coughs> excuse me, um, I think Denver is the better team. I think everyone's saying Denver is the better team. And when you have when you have a guy who doesn't make mistakes, it means you got to you as the opponent have to be even better. Mm-hmm. Right. Jokic Agreed. Didn't do by himself. Jamal Murray had a bit of an off night, and the rest of the crew, the Denver crew, did not do well in the second game. Yeah, like if Michael Porter shows up, I think the Nuggets take that game. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. If Caldwell Pope doesn't fall, foul two times on three pointers and foul out at the end of the game, do they? If Michael Malone calls a fucking timeout <laughs> with with eight seconds left to organize a shot, they win the game. So. All these little things, all these little pieces, to me, are saying that Denver, even though it's one-one, Denver's still in control of this game because Miami gave their best. Miami played as about as good as you can, like you said, Vincent coach Steph Curry, and they still are only in a, in a, in a fight. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I don't know. I I, I maybe I'm maybe I'm, I'm I'm shutting down conversation with that with that line, but I'm I'm just saying, you know, like I think. I think Miami got here on on everything that they got, and there's I'll never watching this run that I will never say the Heat are done until they're done. No, no, absolutely not. Like I would never count out this team. You know what I mean? We we almost counted them out in the Boston series. We almost counted them out before the playoffs even started. Well, listen, when they lost the play-in game, everyone went, "Okay, all right, all right." Yeah, and, and then and then they just turned around. They they took out my New York Knicks. <laughs> Ooh, tough. They, they took out the Bucks. You know, like that's 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 that to me it, it tells you that Jimmy Butler and that and and that dog in him, as you like to say, um, yeah, he it's real. And I and I I'm gonna eat it a little bit here on Jimmy Butler. Uh, I didn't think they were gonna be getting this far if Jimmy Butler was the number one star, and they've done it. They've done it. So good for him. Good for them. But. You got to play like that. You got to play game two or better every game for the rest of the five games. And I don't think they have five of those games in them. Ooh. Um, you know what? I initially, I was expecting this to be a wash. Like, I thought these guys, I thought the Heat were going to get rinsed, to be honest. Yeah, I think, like, I just straight up. For them to take one, like I, I think we all know the outcome of this series. But hey, stranger things have happened, right? No, listen, I, that's the thing is, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a hundred percent this is Denver series like I was maybe coming into it. I think it's a lot more series in, than, uh, the, but like I said, they have to play three more games where they are at game two level or better, and Denver just has to be a little bit better than they were in game two to win. In game two, they weren't good. Yeah, the Heat, the Heat have to be 100% almost. Make gotta, no mistakes. They got to go 16. What do they go? 16 for 32 or 16 for 34 on threes? That's an incredible clip at, at from three-point line. I do think the move to put Kevin Love in the starting lineup actually works out well because it forces, it forces Jokic – to especially if Love's playing more center, you got to choose. You got to choose. Am I going to come out? Are we putting Jokic down down low to block Bam, or is he going to step out and have to card uh, Kevin Love? Right. Yeah, you're you're, so, you're not going to. You're right. Seventeen for thirty five. 
That's 48, yeah. 49% almost. 49%. You're not going to shoot 49% from no. three again. So that's what I mean. Like, you got to come up with something else. And I and Denver just has to be just, you know, a timeout and Michael Porter actually being able to play and, call, and KCP not losing his mind to foul guys two, not once, twice from the three point line. Yeah. That's why when I, you know, when you look at the game and you look at the score and you look at Stanley, you're like, okay, that's all right. But when you, when you dive in a little deeper, and I, I've been watching the games pretty, pretty intently because, you know, I need something to distract from, uh, from work. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, God help me in the summer if Alec Manoa and those blue chase don't turn it around. But um, you know what I mean? Like, I, uh, like, listen, let me, let me just hold you right there for a second. Yeah, yeah. Manoa got optioned down today. He, did. he, he is sent down to, to the Florida Complex League, which is a fancy way of saying, <laughs> we're putting him in in uh, in baseball player jail. Yeah. Uh, um, he, well, you, know, you give up you give up six runs in a third of an inning. <laughs> yep. That's what it's, happened. Well, yeah, and you know we can we can talk about this on our uh, on our on our summer podcast going deep with Brandon. Um, hey yo. <laughs> <laughs> it only airs after dark. Um, and it's uh, it, it's just one of those situations where you know like Manoa. Like a lot of guys, you know, they, I think they just, they get, they get them, they get brunked out or they get the yips or whatever it is. People forget in the city though, that, you know, like the greatest pitcher in Blue Jays history also went, also came up, had a good first part of his season and then had to go all the way back and rebuild himself. And that's Roy Halladay, right? So, mm-hmm. so if he comes back as Roy Halladay, you know, Roy Halladay post, uh, post minors, I think everyone in the city of Toronto will take it. I think everyone. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll we'll take that. You know, he's a young guy. He's a young guy. He, he'll figure it out. I I have faith in him. Um, but back to the Heat and the and 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 um and basketball and watching the game. I just I just think Denver's just that. Just overall, it's better. I just you know they're just they're they're deeper. They're a little stronger. They're a little better. You know, defend that not defensively. Sorry. But they're better at, at being able to figure out what they need to do. It's a game of adjustments, right? Like those half times, which apparently nothing happens if you if you hear NBA coaches say, "Oh, nothing really happens in those." In those, if you believe Jeff Van Gundy, but I think Michael Malone does put some changes in. I think he and his staff start figuring it out. And now that there's two days between games, I just think it's like punch counter punch, you know? Yeah, but like I, again, never count out Spolstra, one of the best coaches in the recent. Era of of the NBA, right? Oh, I would, yeah, I, I would say I, I, you could make the, you could convince me that he is a top fifteen, top ten coach, all time. Mm. Given, you know so, what, I, top fifteen, I, I'm buying that, hundred yeah, percent. Because look at the, the the thing about yes, okay, he came in and he had the Heatles, right? Like he had Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, LeBron James, all prime, all ready to roll, and they still didn't win anything until they got until they integrated Ray Allen, and then off they went, right? But what he's been able to do over this entire run of coaching is he remember the Heat have not always had the best players in the you know and even you could argue that this year's team like Jimmy Butler is a is a very good player but he's not you you don't he's not a transformational player like he's not a he's not like a LeBron or a Steph or Michael or whatever yeah I, I think with Jimmy it's more of a fit in that Heat culture exactly. like the Heat culture that Pat Riley started like it it's. It's insane. Like it's just grit and grind, work ethic. You know what I mean? Being fitter than everybody else. You know what? They, you know it's interesting. They uh, they asked him in two thousand and three. When what does heat culture mean? And he says it's a commit. It's a shared commitment amongst all of us to being better than we were yesterday. And then they asked him in twenty twenty three. What is your what you know? What is what is heat culture? And he said it is a shared commitment amongst all of us to be the best. So in twenty years, his answer has basically been the same. 20 years of 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 this of a of an ethos of a mantra of a this is the way we do things and and you know you know you know what that shows consistency it exactly exactly my friend and here's the other thing that it says too spolster's bit when when pat riley said i'm gonna leave the bench i'm going i'm moving upstairs it's time for me to you know to i can't do the grind anymore he gave spolster the keys now spolster wasn't even a front bench assistant he was just a guy in the video room and then had worked his way up to like, you know, like a development guy. And he said, no, no, this is the guy. And apparently they started having um, breakfast three times a week. And they still do that 20 years on. They've been having breakfast three times a week where they just, wow. 
You know what I mean? Like that just tells you that there's something to that, right? The ups and downs, whatever. The other thing you have to realize is that Pat Riley, Pat Riley in the last, uh, Pat Riley has been in the finals on average every three years since the 80s. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. With the league. As a player, as as a coach. Yeah. Or a GM. Uh, not sorry, sorry, three. It's every four. It's about every four and a half years. So if, if you do the average, but it's like every four seasons. So if you're saying every four seasons, Pat, a Pat Riley team is going to be connected to the finals. That's insane. Absolutely, absolutely. The Heat have been around 35 years. You can see the 35 on their on their floor, and they have. This is their seventh, I believe, their seventh finals appearance. So every five years, for for their entire existence, if you average it out. Every five years, they make the finals. That's insane. Toronto's been around since, you know, not quite that long, but not that far off. Remember, Almost 30 years. What is it? 26? Yeah. Yeah, No, it's more than that. They're like, you know, like 95. So 28. Oh, shit. Math. Math. (laughs) We've made one final. Yeah. Which isn't it. I'm not shitting on the Raptors. It's hard. Denver has been around since forever, since both longer than both of those teams. And this is their first finals, so I'm not knocking it, but I'm pointing this out to say, that's Miami Heat culture. That is winning basketball. So I never, exactly. I never, never, never. But I still think Denver wins this. <laughs> oh yeah, that, yeah. Like that being said, <laughs> we we're also realists here. Yeah, on three and D, and we know when. Uh, our goose is cooked. So well, yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's interesting. The, the one of the keys to that is that longevity, like you spoke of Spolstra, right? And Spolstra, I don't, I don't count on again. Uh, at, at, you're a fool if you count out Eric Spolstra teams. Yeah, agreed. Now that being said, I have a little bit of inside information. I have sources, my sources. I've been, you know, checking them twice. Uh, that the Raptors, who are the last team to have a coach, are, are down to the final interviews. Mm. I can't share the names but uh, on air, but if you uh, text me afterwards, I'll tell you exactly who the names are for the finals. I know who they. I know who the finalists are. Um, and I'll be honest with you, I am hoping that the Raptors pull a rabbit out of their hat and pick one of these finalists and but the rest of the list doesn't inspire me that they're going to do what the raptors need to do which is a culture change we need no. new blood. we need new blood yeah i feel like you know there, we've seen some names float in and out final the word finalist the word narrow down the word you know everything's going on in the league right now and we're just on the sidelines like what the fuck are we doing but again trust in Bobby and Masai, you know, maybe some, like you said, they have a rabbit in their hat they could pull out. But how about Monty Williams signing that monster contract? Monster. The, the crazy part of this is with extensions and uh, like if if he if he earns a bonus and if he earns like an extra like like rollover year in his contract, he can he can get a hundred mil out of this deal. Yeah, that's he's getting paid more than like most players. What in the actual like? With all due respect to Monty Williams, and he's a good coach. He's won shit. He's never won a championship as a player, or as a, or as a as an assistant, or as a head coach. So, like, what are we talking about here? Yeah, exactly. But you I know, mean, and also, <laughs> is Dwayne Casey now just sitting over in the corner, being like, "Oh boy, oh man." How, how long do we give Detroit to be a playoff team? Uh, you know what? It'll be interesting. They have the, I think they have the fifth pick, right? They have the fifth pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. If they flip that for someone, uh, and and Kate's, re- excuse me, and Kate's ready to go, I think Detroit's in a, in a real position to make a big jump next year. I don't say I don't. I'm not guaranteeing a top six guaranteed playoff, but they'll be in the they'll be in the discussion for that playing tournament. You watch. Yeah, they'll, they'll have a squad for sure. You watch that's that Monty. The thing about Monty Williams, he can do is he can connect with players, he gets them going, and he gets guys rolling in the same way. Look at Phoenix and where they were, and and then where and where they are when he left. They're a a better team because of him, not just because they got Kevin Durant or whatever. Remember, he he took over, he had them, they were well, yeah. Well, you know what? We'll just look over, we'll we'll uh bypass the whole DeAndre Aiden situation. (laughs) Well, no, but but here's the thing. Here's I'm not no, 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 but here's the thing about DeAndre Aiden. You know, it's um, 
he, coaches and players always let's always a coach and a player that don't get along, right? If you think that you're going to get that many egos in a room, every NBA team, we heard about it because they started to, you know, break apart towards, you know, the, they were choking under the pressure of being uh, a favorite. And I'm not, and again, I'm not here to say Monty Williams is that, is that guy, but if you want someone to build up your program and then you bring in a finisher, Monty Williams is not a bad guy as the builder, right? Oh, no, I agree. I think, I think we both know, you and I both know that, and most of our listeners probably know that it's a DeAndre Ayton problem. It's a him problem. Yeah, it's, it's so. more of a DeAndre Ayton. And he has to now, interesting enough, all the reports are that Frank Vogel is, is you know, very high on DeAndre Ayton. But I think you had to say that because you got to pump up his, his uh, trade value. Yeah. You know? uh, DeAndre Ayton, future Dallas Maverick DeAndre Ayton it needs, to, <laughs> needs to get itself going, right? Uh, that just makes too much sense to me that they're going to – Dallas is just going to be like, no, we can fix them. We'll, we'll do it. Bring it. Yeah, and you hear the, uh, the rumor that Kyrie wants LeBron to come join them in Dallas? Yeah, okay. I, I didn't I, – I wasn't going to go there, but <laughs> you brought it up, brother. And, and if you can see me now, I'm like literally furrowed brow, rubbing my temples, just being like, oh, my gosh. Kyrie, shut up. You're not a GM. You've never been a GM. You're not good at being a GM. You will never be a team's GM. So stop. It is almost impossible. It's nine. So the the trade machinations to be able to get that contract out of LA over to Dallas, short of giving him them giving up Luca, which the Lakers, quite frankly, would be like, okay. You want you want LeBron? We love LeBron. He's he's wonderful. He's also th- going to be thirty nine years old, and you're going to give us Luca because that's the only contract that can match up, other than a bunch of like randos. And they don't want a bunch of randos. Yeah, they were. They, with all due respect, they were. You know, they got they got swept in the in the conference, but they were a conference finalist. They don't. They they're they're looking to add, not looking to you know rebuild. And Kyrie. If you want to go play with LeBron in LA, that's fine. But you go take the the mid level exemption and not the big one, the little one, for <laughs> five and a half million, and you go say that that's how you really want to play. Then prove your worth. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. Maybe, maybe, maybe Kyrie was talking about their three on three FIBA World Cup yeah, team yeah, that they're putting right. together. Yes. Speaking yes. of which, shout out to uh, Jimmy Verdette for cooking everybody at that fucking tournament, the World <laughs> Cup FIBA World Cup three on three. Jimmy Verdette. Oh, there's a name from the past that nobody cared about. Anyway, um, I want to talk about the Raptors um, briefly, but I don't want to talk about the coaching search. They'll announce their coach. Like I said, um, I will message you afterwards, and uh, I'll give you some, some scoops that I got from, from my sources. But um, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about the offseason for the, for the Raptors, right? And so specifically the draft. They got the 13th pick in the draft. Um Obviously, that is really contingent upon them deciding where they got to go, right? Like if they're good, if Fred is, is walking out the door and Pascal or Ochi is also on the, you know, going out the door to get a, a big return, then that 13 pick is really important because maybe you package that up and you move up in the draft and you try and get a higher pick. Right. But if you don't and everything kind of stays the same, you need that 13th pick to become a rotation player because you need cheap contract. You need guys on cheap contracts because we don't have guys on cheap contracts. No, so, every, everyone is expensive. So I'm not going to give out names. You know, people talk case in case of Wallace. They talk about um, uh, who's the kid from um, Kentucky. Uh, Keontae George. You know, I'm not those guys. Fine. Whatever. We can we can get guess names. I want to know what do you think the Raptors need? Uh, as a, uh, presumably, this guy's going to be off the bench. So, what would you? What kind of? What kind of player would you want to see them pick up on a cheap, young contract that can plug in off the bench? Well, before we even look outside of, you know, the upcoming draft, where are the Raptors picking in? 13, 14? 13. 13, Right? Have you ever heard of this kid, Bilal Koulibaly? Koulibaly. I, I hadn't before the last week or so. Yes. So my brother-in-law, uh, just shout out to Zach. He just uh, posted in our group chat about this kid that uh, he's risen up the draft board quite a bit. He, he's, he's, he's on fire. Yeah, he's Victor Wemanyama's teammate over in France. And 18 years old, uh, elite defensive instincts and shot making ability. Does that sound like something we need right now? 
Mm-hmm. So do we want to trade up to get somebody? But like, what are you giving up to what you're gonna get? You know what I mean? Like this draft, this draft again is pretty top heavy as they always yeah. are. The lottery. Yeah, yeah. But like, aside from training up for like Scoot Henderson, like I don't see. You well, know, and here's here's the thing, right? Scoot Henderson right now in a lot of draft boards is sitting at third for the Blazers, and the Blazers do not want another young piece if they're going to keep Dame Ballard. And they keep saying they want to build around Lillard. Joe Cronin, their GM, came out the other day and said, no, 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 we're building around we're building around Dame, uh, Dame Lillard. So, you know what? Okay. Uh, OG. <laughs> OG and the 13th for the number three pick, Scoot Henderson, sounds pretty nice to me. Wow. You, you do that? Oh, I would do that. Here's why I would do that. Fred VanVleet's likely leaving anyway, so you need a young guy to to be your primary ball handler. Are you telling me you wouldn't want to have Scoot Henderson as your lead guard? Mm. Or, or well, isn't Scotty going to be the point forward? Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> I, I can have either one: uh, Scotty Barnes, Scoot Henderson, Pascal Siakam, Jakob Pertl, and uh, let's go. Yo, you know that's 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 pretty go. fucking crazy. This kid, Scoot Henderson, like yo, they got that they got that boy in super soldier serum. Like he's. Yes, he's he's like he's he looks like a like a Street Fighter character. This guy's jacked. Yeah, it's insane. Do it. Okay, so look at so according to this, he is. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm on nbadraftroom.com. Shout out to nbadraftroom.com. Uh, I this is one of those sites that I bookmark around this time of year because I think it's one of those like really great because they give you some comparisons, they give you some 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 different things like this. So he is listed at six three, which means he's six one and a half. Uh, he's 6'3", 195, but he is that is that is 195. No, absolutely one, not. 195 is what he is. Absolutely. What is this like UFC weight cuts? Like that's what I'm saying. Yo, right? th- this guy walks. He's he's like 230 at least. Well, they got him at 195. His wingspan is 6'9". So he's 6'3 with a 6'9". Does that that's sound like someone that the Raptors might like? A guy with a uh, size? Uh, yes, yes. Uh huh. And then their comps are prime Russell Westbrook, prime D Rose. Fuck yeah, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, do it. So again, I love OG. I, I, I'm not saying not to do it, but I'm saying if you can get OG, because apparently they really like OG out in, out in Portland, and if you can get him, Scoot Henderson, for OG in the 13th pick, you do that tomorrow, and you say thank you, sir. Take your office and build it over in the Staples, whatever the you know Moda Center, whatever. You can go over there and do that. We're done. Because I'm I'm telling you, if Fred walks, you need a guy who we have nothing on this team. I, I like Scotty a lot, but do you trust Scotty to be to run your offense, run your half court offense right now? Not right now. No, but I, I trust this kid Scoot. He's doing it. So at, at any other draft, if Wembenyama's on here, he's Scoot Henderson is in the top is in the top number one pick, right? Mm-hmm. Agreed. So then we scroll down to some of what they got. Now, your Bilal Kulabali, who, according to draft, uh, the draftroom.com, they have him listed at 6'8", weighing the same 195 with a 7'2 wingspan. And interesting enough, he's compared to a taller Gerald Green. <laughs> is, that, is that even fair? <laughs> Like I know, I know, I know the guy can fly. I've seen some highlights. He's okay, like Instagram and stuff. Like he can, he, he has some bounce. But yeah, pro- project six uh, nine still in, still in, uh, still going down. In full effect, baby. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this though: Would you want a, a six eight guy like that who's got a seven two wingspan who can, you know, long, he's gonna be? He, he listen. I'm not saying Kulabali won't be a good player, but he's gonna need some development. But doesn't he remind you of Christian Coloco? Doesn't Christian Coloco, wasn't he the guy who comes in who can block shots and rebound? And but Don't we already have that guy? An end-of-the-bench project guy who may or may not get into the into some No, action? Koulibaly can make shots. He's not He's not just defensive okay. alone. He's, he's, he's a small forward too, right? Uh, well, yeah, I, but okay. So now you're going to get – so now if you don't make that move, He's gonna he's gonna be playing for he's gonna be playing at least the fourth he's the fourth um forward right because you've got Pascal OG Scotty 
So he at best. Right, right, right. Okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. So to me, a bigger need, and you have to, and again, again, you have to get a guy on a cheap contract who's going to work out and come off your bench. And again, your bench guys, all right, right now, and again, I think they'll make those. I'm going to think we're going to see some changes here. But your bench guys consists of a six eight guy by a six nine guy by the name of Precious Achua, and a six nine guy by the name of Chris Boucher. We don't. We. I like this kid. I. You know. I think everyone's excited about him. And but. But again, as a fit for this team, unless you're making other moves, bigger moves to clear out some space. But again, I. I think you're you desperately. Even if Fred stays, you desperately need another lead guard. You desperately need some 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 bench. Yeah. So th- this this website, uh, NBA Draft Room. That's the one you're on, right? The correct, sir. So they have the Raptors taking Grady Dick from Kansas. Correct. So, from uh, what I watched in the tournament this year, he he's an elite scorer. Like he looked good. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. You know what? One of his comparisons is Brandon Rush. Yes, sir. Uh, when is the last time you've heard that name? Uh, funny enough, I was talking about Brandon Rush the other maybe two weeks ago. With, no way. With someone only in comparison of like guys who were like should have been there, but but you know injuries took them down. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I, I love Brandon. I, I was a huge Brandon Rush guy. Um, and I, I believe I was like, Brandon Rush and Greg Oden, that team's going, but oops, <laughs> you know, should have, should have bought some orthotics, boys. Um, you know, like something, something was wrong here. Um, but listen, the other comparison they have in that and great for Dick is, is Reggie Miller. And I think that's high praise to say anyone is Reggie Miller, but. You know, that's the type of guy that if you're not going to get a Scoot Henderson, if you're not going to make a move, and this is going to be a guy who's going to come off the bench for you, a guy who is who is six six and who can shoot, you yeah. can teach him. You can teach him a little bit of defense. And that that's a legit six six with no shoes on. So yeah, that that's yeah, that's something. That's he's 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 long. He's 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 you know probably needs to fill out a little bit, but you know. And it, he, they say one of the notes on his uh one of his draft notes is that he attacks a glass on both ends. What offensive rebounding? <laughs> what is that as a Raptors fan? Offensive rebounding. I don't understand that that term. No, I'm sorry. We're we're, we're against that. That's not. That's not <laughs> what we do here. Uh, no, I, I honestly, I you know, and the coach will have some so, say in this. You know, whoever the coaches will have some say in terms of like style. But if you can get Grady Dick at 13, I think I think that's you're, you're fine. You'll be okay. I, 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 honestly, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I honestly, if the Raptors don't make a, a move into the top, let's say top three or top four, then they're then they're going to hold on to that pick and make that pick. And I think if you can get Grady Dick, uh, now the question is, if you've got both, if uh, Bilal is still available, mm. where do you go? I personally want the shooter. I I, I want Grady. Dick. I've seen these project kids come along. I'm not saying he's two years away from being two years away. You know, like Kaboko. Bruno Caboclo, <laughs> but but we can't just keep choosing guys based solely on potential. We need to see a little like the last guy we drafted who did not have who, who had a bit of a track record turned out to be Norman Powell. Yeah, I'll take Norman Powell. Ceiling is lower. Like Norman Powell is, is a borderline starter, most likely an effective bench piece in the NBA. But you know he's been playing what a decade. Yeah, I'll take I'll take a guy who can play a decade in the league and hit shots and you know come in and, and get you. You know, fourteen to seventeen points a night. I'll take that right now. I, ju- I just hope if if we do end up getting Grady Dick, I hope it's not like a Duncan Robinson type of situation where he takes oh. like five years to be good on defense. Yeah, no, no, no. That's that is there. I think is a real comparison, right? Like that's the that's the that's the underside. Now again, you know, I the only problem with Duncan Robinson, um, yes, yes, the defensive piece for sure. But I think the bigger problem is that he's making the money that he's making. And so you expect someone to be better on both ends of the floor for 90 mil. Yeah. And that's that contract he got was solely based on one season of elite scoring. And, you yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, he's, listen, he's, he's definitely overpaid is such an interesting thing because, you know, he's getting 90 over five, which gets him up to about what, 18 and a half, 19. Yeah. Yeah. Around eighteen mil. When again, when that CBA jumps in the when when the new TV deal comes and the CBA and the contracts all jump up and like the uh, goes up, it'll level out. It's high on the higher end now, but as the as the cap rises, 
his proportion of the cap will be less, and that contract, those eighteen million dollar contracts, are, are nothing. You know, what Brother, I mean? which is weird to say. Uh, hey, look, a hundred grand is a new fifty grand. So fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Me and you were just here counting our like nickels in the in the car change tray. <laughs> You're like, this is where you go from like, hey, you want to go to Starbucks? To hey, the McDonald's drive thru is still open. Yeah, they got, they got dollar ice coffee. Do, you're, like, you're, like, you're like dollar drink days. You know, it's sad when, when you put that in your calendar as a reminder, Then, but that's where <laughs> you're at, baby. That's where you're at. But you got a house and a baby. You got, you, you're there. You're there. I've been there. I've been there. Trust me. <laughs> You've been there and you're, I'm sorry, you've taken the off ramp. You're back there again. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to show up like Oliver Twist. Please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's start. Let, you know, I think I think we both agree that the Raptors need something off the bench that's gonna both excite the fans, but also provide like they got to be able to play, right? They got they can't be a Kobolk, uh, sorry, a, a Coloco. So you were like, okay, he gets into a bit of games because you had some injuries, but as soon as the roster is healthy, he is out of the rotation. We need it. We need a rotation piece, right? Yeah. If you if you can draft a guy that comes in and gives you eight first year, eight to ten first yeah, year, do it. Please. Right? Do it. And the other thing is, with Nick Nurse gone, I do think the number one thing that whatever coach, whoever coaches, uh, whatever uh, name pops up, their, their marching orders from the front office is you need to develop a bench. You're going to need to develop a bench. Yeah. Because, like, fuck, we don't even it's – so, it's so hypothetical. Everything's so hypothetical because we don't even have a head coach yet, so – yeah, yeah. It's it's tough to to talk about this and make predictions. Like we can we can bullshit till the cows come home, but until we get a head coach, I feel like everything's still up in the air. Uh, to a point, I agree. To, to you know, point. yeah, to a point, right? But like uh, that that position needs to be filled, hundred percent. I think the bigger I think the bigger thing is we're gonna we're gonna and you're gonna hear it in the next probably not next week, but the but you know that week leading up to the draft. The draft is uh, June twenty second. Yeah. Um, and so the weekly nip to the draft, you're going to hear a lot. I mean, a lot of talk about Fred Van Vliet, uh, Gary Trent Jr. Who, by the way, you know, if you listen to last week's episode, Samson folks and I were discussing uh, this, and we both think Gary's gone, and we both think actually Gary Trent Jr. If he's smart, signs for the the high mid level exemption in L- in L. A. takes takes a little bit of a hit on the salary, but gets the term and plays with LeBron for the next three years, and you know, just because he's the type of guy who will, you know. Absolutely thrive playing next to LeBron. Go over to the yeah. corner. No one will pay attention. Put Gary, put Gary on the on the wing and just have and him just, shoot it all day. Of course, just shoot it all day. Right. That's what we think. So you're gonna start hearing a lot about those names. Pirtle, I think, is a done deal. I think Pirtle, there's not a huge market for him, and he's coming back because you've given up draft capital too much to get him back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're really the key guy is going to be Fred Van Vliet. And so once Fred Van Vliet, we figure out what's going on with him. I think everything else starts to fall apart. But you need, like you said, you need at minimum, you need a guy who can come in and get you eight points a night. Period. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm just, I'm just seeing something here. Sure. Uh, off of Yahoo Sports, this guy, Jake Fisher, you ever heard of him? NBA reporter? <laughs> oh, we know Jake Fisher. Um, OG is tired and wants to leave Toronto. Sources. Oh, okay, okay. So he's uh, one of those guys, eh? He's, he's, he's one of those sources. Say, yeah, sure, okay. Yeah. But um, said if Harden leaves the Sixers, which is oh, should Harden stick with the Seventy Sixers? Yeah. Uh, to to uh, Houston. Houston, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing: Houston's got sixty million in available cap space if they renounce their free agents. You know, if they have the wiggle room and they, they move everything, they could have up to sixty million dollars. Which is a lot of which is a lot of dough, and they and they have said that they want to they want to kickstart this 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 uh, improvement process. They don't want another year of of uh, Jalen Green just circling the uh, running around the track. So you're gonna right. hear him, you're gonna hear them connected to a lot of guys. But does Fred really want to go from Toronto to Houston, where he plays with Adoka? So uh, you know, I think the coach actually does pull a little bit out there. I think people in basketball circles still like Ime, but. Do you really want to go and yeah, they'll probably over have to overpay him and but you know and so he's a hired gun and go get that. I, I will never knock a guy for going and signing with the Houston Rockets or the Orlando Magic for the dough. Go for it. Go. But Fred Fred's also a smart guy and he's twenty nine and he's going okay. This is it probably for my last big contract. So I got to go get the money. But do I want to spend my next four years 
maybe making the playoffs? Because you didn't, there's no path to Houston making the finals in four years. No. There's um, zero, zero path. But if that's where the payday is, right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it goes a three plus. Maybe it does a three and one and then opts out after three years and goes signs, you know, a, a smaller AAV term with a winner. But, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't see the fit there, personally. Um, I think Fred, if he really uh, wants to get some dough and get some uh, get a chance at a ring, there's a couple other spots that I would think that he would have a better shot at. Uh, number one being where his mentor is. You know, if they if the Heat wave and buy out um, Kyle Lowry, there's there's a nice there's a nice spot right there. If they move Duncan, if they move Duncan Robinson, it's a nice spot right there in Dunson. Doesn't Fred Van Vliet scream heat culture? Yeah. Or hey, look, what are, what's with all these people from Canada going to Florida to retire? The fuck? <laughs> That's exactly what that is. That's exactly what that is. Um yeah, so uh let's talk little bold predictions for the offseason. Uh I got one. Do you have one? I'll go first if you want. Yeah, you go first. Okay, bold prediction for the offseason. Here's what's going to happen. James Harden is going to leave the 70 uh, the, the 76ers, but he is not not going to sign with the Houston Rockets. Oh, okay. Then he Houston will say thanks, but we're really looking for a, a point guard. If you want to come back, this is what we're here, but we can't give you 38 of our 60 million. We just can't do it. So he looks around hmm. and he goes, well, there's not a lot here. And James Harden signs a one plus one with the Los Angeles Lakers. What? You think they're going to try it again? What do you mean? He's never played with LeBron. No, no. But I mean, like, you think the Lakers are going to go for it again? A hundred percent. And he signs a one plus one. They don't have a, they, they renounce some guys. They move off some guys. The only guy they really want to keep, the only guy they really want to keep is, is um, what's his name? Uh, Reeves, Hachimura, they probably like to keep. Uh, I don't think they care about Vanderbilt. If you know, at the end of the day, I don't think they care about Dennis Schroeder at the end of the day. So you package up a couple of little salaries. You 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 move off from D'Angelo Russell and mm, James Harden, one year, incentive laden contract. Go get a go get that ring. Oof. Oof. That would be entertaining. That would be very entertaining. Yep. LA is a good party town. <laughs> okay, maybe it's not that good for them then. I think I think I think they I think they have one or two adult establishments that have chicken wings, so I think you'll be all right. Oh boy, here we go. So that's that's a, my bold prediction. I don't have any data on this. I don't have anything, but it just seems to me that like if I'm the Houston Rockets, is this the guy I want to tie myself up to for four years? And 38, starting at 38 a year, 38, 42, 45, 48 million. No, no thanks. No, I gotta, I gotta pay Jalen Green in a couple of years. I gotta pay the no. I'm not, I'm not gonna go to the, to the luxury tax apron and maybe hard cap my team just to get James Harden on the backside of his career. Yeah. Don't no, that, that, yeah. Okay. I get that. A lot of smoke though. And, uh, you know, I could be completely wrong and I will pull the Bill Simmons and, and I will own it on this show. I will say I was wrong, but I, we do that. Look, part of being mature, mature gentlemen, is that we can acknowledge when we're wrong. Exactly. And we're wrong quite often, so nobody can ever say shit. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, what that, that to me is a good fit. He goes in, he plays in there. He can. Harden has shown that he is willing to be the point guard. Uh, I think he wants to be the man, but do you want to be the man in the bad seat or do you want to go down? Because he doesn't have a ring, and he needs a ring. He needs a ring. Agreed. Agreed, but hey, we always we uh, don't always get what we want, right? That is true. All right, do you have a prediction for us? You got you're gonna go bold here. Well, we kind we kind of went over you know DeAndre Aiden getting uh, chucked, right? Okay. Where does so? Do you think, do, are you are you in agreement with me? He's going to Dallas. Uh, yeah, probably because like I see something. Uh, Davis Bertans, Tim Hardaway Jr., and the ten pick. Yep. 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 Or. Or DeAndre Ayton from Miles Turner, straight up. Miles. Oh, okay. Dang, I would not. Yeah, that that could work. That could. Wow. 
he still has 102 million for the next three years. So that's uh, that's it's kind a, of a tough but, sell, but yeah, yeah, but 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 they re- they they really wanted him, right? They they wanted him with Halliburton, so yeah. Turner Turner just got re up too, right? Yeah, but Turner's got what three? He's three years older than Aiton, three four years older than Aiton. Right. I keep forgetting how how young DeAndre Aiton is because like he looks like one of my <laughs> like uncles. <laughs> no, you know what's funny? <laughs> I said the same thing when I watched Clyde Drexler. I'm like, he's what? Yeah, Clyde Drexler. Look, when Clyde Drexler was in the finals, he was in his thirties. The man looked fifty-five years old. Yeah. Okay, DeAndre Ayton, age is. I'm pulling this up here. He is twenty-four. Okay, Miles Turner's age. I'm just going to pull his page up here. Miles Turner age. Miles Turner is twenty-seven. Yes, yeah, so it was three years. Yeah, three you're years. right. You're right. It's, it's just the money. If you can make the money work, then yeah, but. I that's a hard. That, that's a hard sell. That guy's contract. Except that. Except that you, you you're paying Miles Turner for a bit, and if you can get Aiton, and maybe he's a depressed asset, so maybe you can get a, a conditional first or second uh, down the line attached to it, just to take on that contract. I actually don't mind the fit with of Aiton alongside you know uh, Matherin and Brissett and Ty, uh, Tyrese Halliburton. I actually think that that's a nice young core. Yeah. Certainly, he resets the timeline a little bit for for Indiana because they're not listen. Indiana's yeah. not right there yet, but I think that you know, uh, Aiton's a better scorer than and uh, than Turner, and Turner's a better fit alongside Booker and um, and Durant because you know they can funnel stuff and he can cover up there. Yeah, the inside cover up the inside, inside a little bit. The, so yeah, um, I do it. That's a great pick for sure. But uh, speaking of O'Shea Brissett, I'd love to see him succeed. Eh. Love to see him succeed. Good, good Canadian kid, but also just like a, a good dude. Just a good dude. Yeah. He's the real deal from Peel. <laughs> oh boy. That's uh yeah. What I'm I don't I can't top that. I can't I, I, I can't beat that. You've got <laughs> you've got bad jokes already. It's uh it's 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 already permeating. All right, man. Uh do you have anything for saving with your chest or uh or am I gonna take the, the last second here? Uh you can take the last second. Go ahead. All right, so uh, I mentioned it off the top of that uh, that I think that the NBA, um, you know, the finals, people were kind of crapping on the finals this year. They Denver versus uh, Miami wasn't necessarily the, the sexy finals, but I think that you know we have to we have got to get past this idea that somehow if you don't draw thirty five million people to watch the finals the way they they may have done it with Michael Jordan in his heyday. People have other shit to do. There's a hundred billion other things that can are completing for your attention. So the fact that then you know you're going to hear talk all this talk about the ratings are up or the ratings are up, it doesn't matter. If you're a basketball head and you're watching this, the first two games of this final have been fantastic. It Absolutely. I, it, and let me let me let me just add something in here while you're while you're talking about this. Um, yeah. So game two of last year's finals, Golden State in Boston, mm-hmm. 11.9 million viewers. What do you think game two? Uh, of the Heat versus Nuggets this year, got. Was that, was, I think I saw something that was like twelve, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like whoever said it would have been like a, a ratings death for the for the for the league. You just underestimated the amount of people that love to watch really good basketball being played. Exactly, and here's the thing about both of these teams: you have you do have superstars. Nikola Jokic is a superstar. The guys, the guys is arguably. Uh, top three in the world right now. He's a phenomenal player. Um, Jamal Murray, you know, you know, we're we're biased because he's a he's a well, he's actually your new hometown boy, right? So yep. uh, there's all kinds of of of, of compelling storylines and great stuff out there. But ultimately, what I what I'm trying to say is that the league is fine. The league transcends eras. It oh no, Steph, no LeBron, no Warriors, no Bulls, no. Yeah, it happens in cycles all the time, and the league is great because the thing about the the NBA is the product is really good. And those of you who are who are you know like worried about that, don't worry. We've shown this year year over year. This league now is at a state where this is not the 1980s where they're on tape delay. This is arguably the biggest league in the world outside of some of the soccer leagues. But in terms of interaction with people, this is probably the most interacted league in the world. 
they're mm-hmm. gonna be great. So maybe you're maybe you don't have twenty five million people like who watched you know Michael in in Utah. Netflix didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there's the YouTube did not exist then. So like let's get let's get to it. Now. Like, you know people are still watching because all these think pieces that are like oh is the NBA in trouble? No, the NBA is just fine and will continue to be just fine. And but if you're looking for hoops and you're wanting to to boost up a league. Go watch the W because the WNBA right now is phenomenal too. It's it you know if you're a hoops fan, it's the best time of the year because there's the NBA finals, the WNBA, the World Championships, Global Jam coming up in August. It's going to be a great, great summer. So there's lots of hoops to watch. That's my rant. Yep, 100. I agree. Everything you just said. There we go. And hey, and, and if you're and if you're you know you know you're looking for more hoops, the CEBL is on, and Chuck Swirsky's back calling games. Like what the hell? Like it, like it's uh, 2001 all over again. Exactly, salami and cheese for everyone. Yeah, shout out to the Scarborough Shooting Stars. Hey, I still wear my Shooting Stars merch out here in Kitchener. You should. You should rep the rep the team, man. Rep it. Exactly. Um, you know, you already know what it is. Scarborough till we die. You know. Yeah. Um, All day. It is awesome to talk to you, man. And uh, likewise, and get a little bit of sleep here and there when you can. Trying Uh, to, trying to. You know, it's uh, few and far between, but we're doing what we can with uh, what we got, right? Yeah. No. No. Good. Good on you. To good on you. Good on two Janes and good on uh, on G. So. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Nothing but nothing but the best. Take care, man. Thank you, bro. All right. We'll talk. Peace. Bye. Well, that's it. That's all for this week's show. Thank you so much for listening. A big thanks to Two Janes, Baby G for lending us Papa Brando for just a little bit of time. Really good luck to him and his family. Uh, to be honest, folks, we are in the midst of so many different things. The wildfires here in Canada, the air quality being the worst it's ever been in a generation. So please, uh, usually we take this plug to be all about the Love Scarborough campaign, the redcross.org. But honestly, this week, just love each other, man. Be out there, be careful, be safe. Make sure you're taking care of yourself. If you like this show, please like, share, subscribe, follow wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify is a great spot for that. And we'll be back real soon with another episode to talk all about those fun things in the NBA.